0: episode number five of Father and Dad, where we discuss the Catholic faith in the modern world from our unique perspective of Father and Dad. I'm Dad, P.J. Carraher.
1: And I'm Father, God willing, still at seminary, Stephen Carraher.
0: Yes. Well, good good to chat with you again, Stephen. And yeah, always a pleasure. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show about thoughts that we had, and and I shared with you thoughts that I had. when When times are tough, I always think of... How do you get through tough times? Mm-hmm. And I remembered uh, one time it hit me uh, when I was reading about the rosary and saying the rosary is, at the start, you always go, you pray for, you do three prayers. You pray for for faith and for hope and for charity. And I, I've found that over the years that going through that, that does provide for me the, the t- I don't know if touchstone's the right word, but the way of uh, when, time, when you think times are tough, how are we supposed to go about? How are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to handle these times? And I find that mm-hmm. uh, the three of them in procession work together, and I think there 's a lot of uh, let 's mind that a little bit let 's go through that progression and, and, and how that can can help us. I know we were talking about
1: that, and you, you had some thoughts you wanted to share about uh, faith. Sure, yeah, well, definitely, that's certainly a huge topic talking about the three theological virtues is what they, is what we call them faith, hope, and charity, uh, kind of the three most important fundamental virtues that we have here. So it's good to it's, you can definitely mind them and you can talk about them for a very long time. I think the Catechism calls it, uh, calls the theological virtues a wellspring of prayer. So just even meditating on the virtues itself, you can it can be a, a good sor- source of prayer. But you know, talking about faith especially in this context, looking at, you know, we're currently in the midst of, you know, while we're recording this in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And, yeah. you know, we've certainly suffered a, a lot in terms of uh, social distancing and mm-hmm. feeling ice, feelings of isolation. Um, and I kind of want to take a look at, if, if you'd be willing to take a look at it with me, um, kind of looking at, you know, what is, you know, what is faith really in our context? Is faith kind of something that's individual to us, because, I mean, you hear, everybody hears so often right. just how, you know, faith is kind of like your personal thing, and, you know, you have your faith, I have my faith, and there the two should meet, yeah. you know? Um, but, you know, at I the have end of the share, day, I can yeah,
0: please. Can I share my, my Oh, goofy please, go line for it. Go say. for it. I love it. Uh, the goofy line is that uh, spirituality is our search for God, whereas faith is God's search for us. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I I know it's a it's a goofy line but I think that kind of leads into you know uh, I think uh, that's kind of maybe I cut you off cuz it's kind of I think where you were heading. Oh, yeah, so no, absolutely. I think
1: I'd, I'd say that's that's definitely kind of the fundamental of our faith is is kind of this relationality of yeah, you know, I'm I'm searching for something but you know the person who's searching for me out first is God, you know, himself. That's definitely it's what a beautiful faith, but kind of getting back to um uh Uh, you know, this idea of, you know, just even relationality. I can, I definitely see it around uh, my peers and my friends and, um, you know, some people younger than me as well as there's just a really strong desire to be with other people. And you've definitely, I've definitely seen it during this pandemic as well as that, you know, people in isolation, you know, even though like, Maybe the first couple of weeks is like, yeah, you know, I'm, woo-hoo, I'm away from other people. I can like, you know, some people are like, yeah, I can, you know, finally do my own thing. But you know, after a while, it just kind of starts draining you. You know, after a while, it's it becomes so clear that, um, you know, we're really not made to be alone. We're not, we're not like robots. You know, we're not made to yeah. be in in this kind of isolation away from other people. And I kind of think of, you know, people my peers and my friends as well, who, um, you know, often, very often, you know, even with we're, when we're with each other, you know, we're, we often, we have, we, we'll often say that, you know, we're spending time alone together. So, you know, we're on our phones, we're texting other people, yeah. you know. Um, That's and there's, a good
0: point in this day and age. Yeah, in this day and age, so many, you see people out together and they're all on the texting. And, and, and I guess part of, part of that in my mind, the texting is safe. You know what no, I mean? Yeah. It's safe. Whereas physical interaction and um, getting together with people, it's not safe. And the, sa- and the reason it's not is, and from my perspective as part of it, somebody can tell you something you don't like. And mm-hmm. if it's on the text, it's like, oh, okay, I can just ignore it. But if it's somebody face-to-face, there's always that. I guess the physicality of it brings with it a
1: risk. Absolutely, yeah I absolutely agree yeah it's definitely there, there's definitely a real risk there, and I think it's a risk that a lot of my friends and a lot of my peers and I know that I myself sometimes you know at times as well it's it's a dangerous thing to take you know it's it's not easy to be vulnerable in those kind of situations, yeah um, but on the flip side, you know when when we're in relationships that you know, we are able to be vulnerable relationships where we're able to, you know, say what's on our mind and, and, or even more so yeah. like hear what other people have to say in a very honest way, honest, authentic way. Um, we find those relationships the most life-giving. Um, yes. And I think kind of this, this parallel as well, I think we're seeing it with religion as well. I think. There's a lot of us, I think we want to go back to kind of our little isolation isolation holes in terms of thinking about faith and religion, right? So yeah. thinking about, uh, you know, trying to play, you know, our faith, you know, safe, as you would put it, you know, you know, <laughs> not, not dipping fully into it, you know, it's just kind of like being on the outside and, you know, and it's, it's kind of like you said, like, it's just, you know, a lot of us go about faith thinking, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to interact with faith, you know, I don't want to be alone, but I kind of want to be, you know, alone together with faith, you know, I don't want to uh, jump in in such a way that I'll be vulnerable and share myself. But, you know, just in case, like, especially when you, you know, you come up against certain existential fears, like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen when I die? Or, you know, oh, what, you know, what happens when a loved one of mine, you know, dies? Or what happens, you know, just a bunch of existential questions that come up. So I feel like, uh, what's what's often missing here is just this idea of the fundamental principle of especially our religion, the Catholic faith, is a principle of relationship. Yeah. So the uh, entire the entire idea of uh, having a God who we call Father, right? Immediately, right, right off the bat, right. is kind of just a, just a sign of a beautiful and deep relationship that God desires with us. You know, we don't, it, it's not some sort of God who's just in the sky and he's making the right. wheel turn and he's making the watch move. Um, but he's, he's a real God who um, just has just absolute total interest in us. Absolute yes. total interest. Uh, but the question is, uh, you know, Oh, what what's our response? Getting back to your quote, you know? So God is searching for us, but, you know, what is our response to God? You know, are we going to just be together alone with him? Are we going to see him as, you know, are we just going to, you know, text him every once in a while, you know, when it's safe? Are we going to, you know, or, yeah. or are we going to go, yeah, head, head are, first are we gonna be together
0: be, to, be together in community. And, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and to me, then, that brings to the next point, you know, faith, uh, hope, and charity. And that is the point of hope. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're going to come together because we are filled with this hope. We can't – if we're all – how can I say this right? If we're all negative and down and afraid and uh, um, uh, thinking everything's bad – uh, that doesn 't really i don 't know that to me uh, maybe i 'm not saying this right is that oh, I think we we just talked about how faith means us coming together. We need to come together in hope at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or am, am I catching that right yeah
1: i I, I think know. so i think there's a, there's a real there 's a real hope that we experience as a community, which is you know a product of uh, just understanding like how absolutely crazy and amazing it is that we're in relationship with this God who made us with this God who was so willing to send his only son to save us. So, I mean, just even that in general should, should fill us with so much hope, even in, uh, even in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a changing, uh, you know, a changing world. But I know you've said this many times, um, and I, it's, it's etched in my brain, you know, you know, regardless of how bad it is. And you always think like, Oh, this is the worst it's ever been, you know, looking out in the world and it's like, Oh, it looks like everything's burning down. It's a whole, it's a whole fire. You know, every age in history had, um, has had problems that they've had to go through. I'm actually, you know, kind of bringing it back to, uh, what I'm learning in seminary right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking right now at some early church fathers. So very early times. So we're looking at. Uh, people who were actually taught by the apostles and we still have their writings, people who um, Wait, were living. Wait,
0: hold on one second. So you're, so, so you're saying these are people that were like, we'll call them the second generation. Yeah. That interacted with the first generation and you ha- we have writings? We have
1: yeah. writings from them, yeah, which is absolutely beautiful. A lot of people don't realize it. but I, I,
0: I didn't, yeah.
1: And it's, it's, it's beautiful, too, to read what they're writing because they're going through a really tough struggle as well. They're facing yeah. persecution they're unable to meet together in a very public way. Um, yeah. You know, they're being, uh, you know, kind of like carted out and kind of burned alive or they're being carted out and fed to the animals. So they, I mean, they had, you're looking at our situation now and
0: yeah. you think like,
1: oh, it's nothing. It's like, I just have to be in my house for a little bit, you know. But, um, uh, you know, they were like, you know, being taken out in, um, in significant numbers. Um, but even then, even then they still had hope and what's important too is they still had that community as well, getting back to that faith, but they definitely had hope.
0: Let me talk, let me ask you though about the hope though. Yeah. And that is this I know that the first communities were expecting the second coming to be like right away. Mm-hmm. And do they talk about that and were they disappointed when it didn't? Ha- I mean, because I had heard that sometimes they wouldn't even plow their fields or or even prep for the next season because they thought, okay, Jesus is coming again, why mm. why bother? Uh, do they get into that? And I'm just wondering, did that impact their hope in a sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, or or did you even touch, did sure. touch it? Sure.
1: Well, kind of the, the especially in the early church, what we've been uh, looking at, especially in their writings, is, yeah, there's certainly a, uh, a more of a... Uh, uh, Kind of like a preparing for more more deliberate preparing for the end times, preparing for the second coming. Mm -hmm. But you can definitely see in the early church the kind of ideal end of a Christian's life wasn't necessarily you know we'd we'd make it to the end of you know end of time and see Christ again descend from heaven. But actually, it was martyrdom. The ideal Christian uh, end of life was martyrdom. So just conforming themselves to Christ, and they had they had the early church had a very. Um, very strong understanding of, you know, if, if Christ doesn't want me to see, you know, the last days and he wants me to uh, suffer and die for him in a way similar to his, then so be it. And that filled them with, the whole, with a lot of hope. Some of the most inspiring texts of these early uh, church fathers are those accounts of the martyrs and uh, seeing, their, seeing their court cases and hearing what they have to say in terms of how strongly they defended the faith, you know, just expressing the reason that they had to hope in this faith that they had, the faith of their fathers, um, and it's just absolutely inspiring. So, um, yeah, they absolutely had a very, very strong hope. Um, and even if they they understood as yeah. well as, as even though they, you know, they wouldn't necessarily see uh, the end times, you know, they still had this hope in in the the saving message of Jesus Christ. Right, and
0: if that doesn't, if reading that doesn't put. Things into perspective for us in our times, as much as we complain, it's oh yeah, <laughs> it's nothing in, in in comparison to that. But th- let's get back to you know the faith, hope, and, and charity. So you've got faith, and you've got hope. Mm-hmm. You know, which the two together are very solid. But then, for me, the tr- the, the the faith, hope, charity ties together in that: how do we spread? It, 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 the faith is not meant for something for us to keep to ourselves, it's mm-hmm. for us to to spread and how do we do that? Do we go around to people and say, Hey, you should go to mass and you should believe and and all of this stuff and and, and that's where I think it's beautiful in that it's faith, hope and charity because I think charity is our way forward once we got that foundation now you know once we've got our faith and we've got our hope, how do we spread that? I, I, that's why I think charity is important. Because I told you that the Faith Hope Charity came to me it's just like, oh, wow, the three of them together really mm-hmm. work together. Oh, yeah. And for me, the charity part was that's how we go and spread the word. And, and to me, charity is, is intrinsically tied to the word compassion, mm-hmm. which means – when I always hear the word compassion, that means to suffer, co-passion, suffer with – and you can only be charitable when you are in the dirt. I say the dirt. Yeah. But you know what I mean. When you're willing to get your hands dirty, mm. as opposed, and, and that's one of the risks of our modern times. We think, um, you know, people say, "I want to advocate for people," or mm. "I want to, you know, hit the like button and all of that." You know, that's fine. But what really, what charity demands of us is to go and and, and get our hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And, and interact with people, which in a sense calls us back back to that t- part that we talked about faith at the start with the community. Because the real risk of charity, of getting of compassion, is you're interacting with other people. And exactly, that's risky. and that's risk. Interacting with other people is risky, mm-hmm. and uh, um, uh, you know, tough times are not. And, and and it's one thing that I've seen in our our society. I think it's made us. We keep on saying with the texting and all of that stuff. I think we've uh, we've missed that interacting that that getting our hands dirty mm-hmm. with other people and charity. Um, because face it, we all want to avoid risk. I mean, I spend a lot of my life is avoiding risk. You know, oh, I yeah. live in a house to get myself away from the weather. I, yep. I I'll work out in the morning to try to keep myself in good shape, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want to I want to avoid that and and that sort of thing. Um, so a lot of our life is about avoiding risk. Yet here it is, we're demanded to <laughs> to to take risks, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's I guess the that works almost against I want to say our nature, but I guess it is kind of our nature, our animal nature to to,
1: mm-hmm. to, to, to protect ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's definitely um, you know it's definitely. I, I can definitely see where you're coming from, you know, thinking about yeah, oh, oh, yeah, looking at your life and saying like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm in a house that's protecting me from the elements. I'm, you know, I have all these layers of protection. Um, and I think what the the virtue of charity asks is, you know, what are you protecting yourself for? You know, because at the end of the day, we're all going to the same place. No matter how much yeah. we you know no matter how much we protect ourselves we 're going to end up six feet in the ground somewhere, so you know what's what's you know how you know are you just going to is that, are you going to end your life like that just kind of like uh you know within your own shell you know unable to you know and you didn't spend your life uh as like a gift for others as a gift for you know those who are most important for you so i think and it's you especially see it too when um a lot of people go through very difficult times, you know, when they lose a loved one, they go through a certain disease or illness or someone that they love or know goes through uh, it, something like that. As they start asking those questions, they start asking, you know, why on earth am I, uh, you know, am I not, uh, am I doing with my life, you know? What am I, uh, you know, who am, what am I sacrificing myself for? You know, for what sake? And that's what charity is looking at, you know, charity is looking at, um, you know how are we going to make ourselves a gift for others yeah. yeah and i love i love that you brought it back cuz i was going to bring it back to the the first topic if you weren't going to but you know <laughs> it is dangerous it is there's something vulnerable about you know actually going out and doing it you know yeah. it's a lot different from you know, just hiding behind a screen and liking. And, you know, and and I'm not saying that that's, you know, an intrinsically evil thing. That's, I mean, that's a fine thing. It's, you know, there's a lot of good that we've gotten from social media, but if that's, you know, if you're looking at, yeah, if that, if that's how you're, you know, if that's how you're being charitable, like you, I think we can step that up a little bit. Um, (laughs) but, um, uh, you know, it's a little, little call out right there, but, (laughs) <laughs> um, what's, 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 important is, is that, you know, we have, I think what maybe to wrap this up a little bit is we have just, uh, we've, we've been given the perfect model of, of compassion. We've been given the perfect model of charity, the perfect model of self gift In the person of Jesus Christ, so kind of just bringing it back to the the whole and faith, you know, connecting faith and hope because this is our faith and hope too. Is that you know we don't have a God who doesn't know who we are, who just created us and kind of left us to our own devices, but we have a God who loves us, who calls us by name, who created us in His image and likeness, and when we've fallen away from Him, He responded in the most generous way by sending us everything that He had in His Son, walking among us suffering dying for us and promising us peace and resurrection um so we we have the perfect model that is the perfect model of self-giving love so i guess our question is you know uh how are we going to respond how are we going to respond to christ's gift are we going to hide are we going to protect ourselves for you know maybe something that doesn't matter like you know the idea of safety or the idea of you know that eventually we're going to lose regardless of you know how yep. well we protect, protect ourselves or are we going to be willing to, you know, get off of the get off of the phone and and uh, and you know talk and conversate with someone? You know, are we going to be willing to sacrifice ourselves for someone? I know you mentioned earlier, like you know, are we going to be willing to sacrifice our time to go to a soup kitchen? Yeah. You know, are we yeah. willing to sacrifice our time to, you know, fall fall more in love in, with Christ in prayer? So, just some some uh, last last things to leave us with is, uh, you know, charity demands. That self gift, that self sacrifice—fantastic!
0: I think that's—I think you put the end cap on it right there, Stephen. I think that's that's where we'll leave it for today. That's perfect. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, to our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of uh, Father and Dad, and um, we would love to grow this podcast, but to do it, we need your help. And I ask if you like what you're listening to on Father and Dad first. Drop Stephen or I a note, and second, tell two of your friends and have them listen to it. And that's how we're gonna grow. Until then, we'll see you next time. Thank you.